to me. Live from Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, we are the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I Know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. And I don't know the words to this song. Ooh. And I will keep singing the song. Uh, and if you stop me, uh, you'll never stop me. Because I will fight you like Vamidoff. <laughs> so I, I, told, I told Zeller that when I started recording that I would just start bursting into song. And we would just see what happened, and that was just kind of what happened. <laughs> that was that was solid. And you fucking joined right that now. That was, was solid, great. man. I, I didn't even know if he'd know the tune. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Holy no, shit, listen, that was incredible. We've karaoke together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a feat that needs to be reimagined here yeah, pretty soon. I think. Yeah. How uh, how you been? Um, man, I've been good. Uh, busy, uh, busy but good. Um, doing what? Yeah. Well, watch that debacle of the Vikings game on Sunday at Fitzgerald's again, and. Was a, it was like a was funeral, basically, dude, for the entire it was, game. It was a funeral, but it was it was like the fucking blueprint, though. For I mean, yeah. this this script has been written and played out a hundred times. Yeah. No. So other than that, it's been well, obviously with the snow and shit. Uh, you know, my job, I, I work for a car sharing organization, so it was all hands on deck for that for Monday, yesterday, and even today. And even though I do like marketing and communications for that like i'm still like hey go move a car because we literally don't have enough people to move it's cars still kind of a just pitch in yeah get done, pretty much yeah all hands on deck sort of thing so yeah. other than that it's yeah it's been uh you know relatively nice i actually when i shoveled on tuesday so i work from home on tuesday because i don't i do fucking marketing and communications i don't need to be in the fucking office right yeah let's so work from home and i decided, i was like oh i'm 11 o'clock like i should get out and shovel uh, and uh, I went on a shovel. Like I had a my a hoodie on and a, just like a light jacket. Shoveled about like maybe half, like a third of my backyard, like the little pathway. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm really I'm really fucking hot. Took that off. Shoveled like to the like the the, the pathway around my house to the front of the house. Not even like the front like the front steps and all that i was like holy shit i'm really fucking it's really fucking hot out here check that off so i was literally just in a t-shirt and my uh minnesota united uh track pants like just out shoveling like you know guns up guns out you know guns sun, out, sun's yeah. out guns out uh shoveling shit in my front yard so yeah that's the joys of home ownership i guess I, that's the joys of being a minnesotan that's yeah. a that's a very minnesotan image somebody in a t-shirt shoveling mm-hmm. like there are people in other parts of this country that would be bizarrely confused yeah it was like 30 it was like like tuesday morning it was like 35 yeah, degrees outside hot. it was just like holy shit it's really yeah. hot out here and the sun whereas we have a south facing uh front um like front porch so it was like the sun was out at 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning the sun was out and like down like i sh- i was shoveling by the time i got done shoveling the entire thing like 
all of like the like sort of little like excess snow that didn't quite you know get up with the snow was already melted because of the sun beating down on right, it. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. That was that was what I did. How about you? What do I ever do? I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm building. Uh, so I got some of my woodworking uh, work in there. I I uh, cut some trim. And I'm building some trim into the wall, uh, doing like some molding and uh, building coat hooks kind of into our wall. Okay. So next time you come over, you can I don't know, check out my molding. Sweet. Isn't that isn't that's that awesome? Julius Julius said it was really hot, like <laughs> sexually hot, you know, because I'm doing like man stuff, you know. Yeah. Is she super into that? Is she super erect? Is that what she said? I said she's super into that. Oh, I thought you said is she super erect? Or the, or that? Yes, yeah, she was yeah. both of those things. So we're we're recording at Lake Monster today. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that, not the least of which is a dark clouds related committee meeting later today, um, and, and we're recording a little earlier in the night. It is uh, busier here, and pro- I would say louder here yeah. than uh, at the uh, where do we usually go? I fucking forgot. This place doesn't have the best acoustics. I love I love this I love this brewery. Uh, their beer is is you know they have several beers that I, I highly recommend. Some other beers that are to your taste, honestly. Um, but they're really good to the dark clouds. Uh, we do watch parties here. Yep. Uh, two or three watch parties here a year. We do events here. Um, they're super. They're super gracious to us. They they hosted the uh, uh, dark clouds end of the year um, uh, silent auction oh, and party, yeah. which is really cool. So um, these Jerry guys Teeson are. Went. So they, if you they, want to walk in the same place Jerry Teeson once walked. Yeah. I, I hugged Jerry Teeson here. Jesus. Um, and and they gave us a shit ton of beer last year for. Uh, for trips down to Chicago oh God, and Kansas yeah, City, did. so holy shit! Um, I, I actually had to throw some of that out because I ended up <laughs> taking some home because it was like I don't know what to do with it. Take some beer, yeah. And there was too much for me to drink, and I never got around to it. So, so yeah. So if you ever if you're ever on the west side of St. Paul, um, and by west side I mean not West St. Paul, um, or downtown, I'm saying west side like University and 280 area. Vandalia. Uh, check out Lake Monster. Um, they're one of, I want to say there's like seven breweries that are within a mile of here. Uh, one's opening up on Saturday. That's uh, supposed to be a pretty cool spot. So I'm gonna check that out. So, so yeah, follow me on Twitter if you want to come hang out with me on on Saturday to what to go to a brewery. So. Yeah, babe. So yeah, so yeah, we're at Lake Monster instead. Uh, it's supposed to Fitzgerald's. We're doing it earlier. Yep. So, and both of us forgot to put out the call for questions. I don't know if we're gonna get I any did. questions. Oh, you did? I got a question from uh, Bridget. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we, sh- we should uh, let's do some work. Should we do- delve into it? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, people who know what this podcast is about, all twenty of you, um, we talk about Minnesota United. There actually is Minnesota United news. God, it's, it's been a tough off season. Damn it! Finally, it's not just been a tough off season in terms of like not having any signings because that's been woefully painful. But it's been tough to sit here and look at your hot fucking eyes and not have anything to talk about. I mean, the baby blues. Yeah. You get lost in them. Yeah. And it's really easy to do when there's nothing to talk about. You get the Just blues. get lost in, yeah. lost in the baby blues. Yeah. So. But now we have something to talk we about. Do, and that's finally. The hey, we do, finally. Hey, we actually have some players now that yeah. aren't the son's, uh, the, the coach's son. Yeah, that and aren't, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and a 35-year-old center back probably won't be playing at all for us hey, so slow down slow down all right so let's uh here's what i want to do i i, I want to say a couple things about the draft and then we're going to recap what happened give a very brief touch up on the players you know give a little reaction if you have some sure and then a- after that we'll talk about our overall uh response reaction feelings about how the draft went what it means for us sounds good to me so this, this is this, i'll start with this is my opinion okay this is not a fact I, although I, I tend to think my opinions are facts um 
I, I saw some reaction from people watching the draft and seeing what United was doing, saying, for instance, we, dra we drafted a forward with our first pick, and they're like, we don't need forwards, assholes. Why are you taking forwards? Which is true. We don't, we're not dying for forwards. But that's not, for me, what the draft is or how you play the draft. For me, the draft is you, when it's your turn on the clock, you pick the highest player. You pick the, 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 the best player, whatever position that is. Because in the draft, and especially the, as, as MLS has changed over time and, and talent acquisition is so much more complex and you can get better players by other methods, really you never know if a, if a drafted player is going to pan out. Uh, not every drafted player is an Abu Lottie or a Julian Gressel, and obviously those are, are some of the very, very top ones. No, in, instead you don't pick by what you need. You pick by how much value they can give you, maybe in terms of a trade, maybe in terms of, uh, of stuff like that. And if they happen to pan out and turn into a wonderful player for you, then then that's awesome. Yeah. But honestly, between developing a good academy and making meaningful, pricey often signings to build your team, this isn't NFL. You're not building from youth in that way through the draft. So we got Delonte. That's great. We got Gressel. For me, pick the player with the highest value, and you've got them as a trade token later on in the draft, still during the off season. And if they so, pan out, that's fine. So so. I I hundred percent agree with you, right? The val you're not gonna you're not gonna get. <laughs> it sounds like you're gonna not agree with me. Very very rare. Well, I'm 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 gonna agree with you, but I'm also I'm I'm going to sort of pivot off of what you're saying, and I think that leads to your your second point here, which is like good, you know, in the business we call that a transition. So I don't know the business very well. <laughs> um, so you're right. Like, if any and in, in you know for if we have any sort of non uh, American fans listening. You, a draft it just seems like the weirdest fucking thing. They're like, "What? Like, you can't pick where you go." You, you, and so, well, that's a common problem and, and in MLS. And exactly, it's not unique to the draft. Exactly. So, you're right. Like a draft, you shouldn't ever draft for current need, ever in a draft. What a terrible way Whether to fill baseball, your most desperate needs. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. only, the only, the only logical place, the only logical sport where it actually might sometimes make sense to draft for need would be if you have like one of the top five picks like in the NBA draft because those those guys are playing, right? Mm -hmm. NBA, NFL, MLB, mm -hmm. NHL. You're going to probably be in the minors. You're going to be you're going to be not playing in a high leverage position right away. Yep. And MLS is the same way, right? Like that's why most teams have an MLS affiliate or you know or a MLS 2 or a USL team that is a, you know, NYCFC 2 or whatever. So mm -hmm. they have a place to store these young players and young being relative here young we're talking yeah, yeah. about like 19 to 24 year olds which is you know that's a whole other that's a whole other fucking conversation that I want to get into um, so yeah you you draft the best available player in MLS in particular we saw how many fucking trades there were during yeah. the during that you know the draft on uh, on Friday it was just trades left and right people were, were they don't value they don't value the college players like, you know, like they used to, right? This right. is not a college, uh, you know, college league anymore. There's a lot. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's there's the TAM, there's the GAM, there's all these other DPs. There's other ways to, act, you know, you know, acquire players. So if you are a team that's high up in the draft, you are acquiring somebody either because you see potential in them, regardless of position, right? Yeah. It'd be great. Minnesota needed a center back. They needed fullbacks. It would have been great if one of those top guys had fallen to them. And I'm sure... If one mm -hmm. of those top guys had fallen to them at five, they would have they would have stuck there right. and drafted that player. 
They didn't. Between Mace, Mason Toya and uh, uh, maybe a similarly talented defender, yeah. we're probably going to choose the defender. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, you know, and you know, not to, spoiler alert. Like they actually, I think they got a, a relatively. I think they got actually some decent pieces that might could develop into things. That but, says as much about our current team as it does about the talent exactly. that they chose. But but, but you're right. It, it, you are you you. Like all the the fans clamoring about dra- like drafting a forward. Listen, this team pretty much only played with two forwards all year, and both those forwards got hurt for significant chunks of the time. And you need at least three forwards, if not four, on your on your roster. Yeah. You know, they're obviously not all four are going to be in the in the game day eighteen. Yeah. But you need players who can step up. You know, if you think Mason Toy and we'll get to him in a second, is, is, a, is someone who maybe needs to spend some time in USL, but you could recall him on loan. He could step yep. in towards the end of the year if you need him to. That's yep. great. So you're, you're 100% correct. Um, yeah. It's about getting value out of the draft. However, I mean, that leads me to sort of the pivot point and, and towards your next question on the agenda here is why the fuck are we having a draft for – soccer players yeah it's uh so uh, you know i could you could make an argument i didn't but you can make an argument about having the draft um 15 years ago you know but with so many more uh means of acquiring players we have uh we have things like generation adidas we have things like homegrown players which it further incentivizes um actually developing your own players although we talked recently about how that's a imperfect system as well obviously some more mobility more than there used to be mobility in in bringing players from the outside of the league in uh and paying guys more um again we're not this is not ayn rand's fucking novel here um but we're moving in that direction so maybe it made sense 15 years ago uh right now i I thought i'd have a great discussion for you on this point i can't i can't think of a whole lot of meaningful uh, reason i mean it's one more method and i suppose one thing i was going to talk about with united is united appears I'll be honest with you, not to be in a position to draft or uh, draft to sign a lot of high-profile or even medium-profile talent this offseason. It is, at the very least, and I'm saying the very least, a means of acquiring affordable talent, very affordable, if that's a route you choose to go. Honestly, I think part of the reason that we walked away with like five dudes is because we we looked at every other thing and said. Man, we're not bringing in TAM-level players this offseason, whether we tried and failed or it's not even in our plans. We're not doing it. This is a great way to at least put human bodies on our roster for the cheap. I mean, that's that's the whole point of a draft is, is indentured servitude. Kind like, of, yeah. Wait wait <laughs> till that contract year. It's, yeah, the, yeah. It's, a, it's a way to, to acquire cheap talent. Um, theoretically, you can store it somewhere. And if it pans out, great. You have you have a really great player yep. who's super undervalued or value for, for five years. Them. Well, no, they're they're all going to be super undervalued. Like you're not yeah. getting. I mean, if, if they if they are a great player who has eligibility to go somewhere else, they will go somewhere else, even if they're drafted right. in MLS, right? Right. Why, why um, would you choose? I mean, you'd have to love your hometown or some shit. Yeah. To, yeah. So, I mean that that is. I mean, you you answer your question like that's that's the role of the draft is that it, yeah. it brings in cheap uh, cheap talent. Which is, you know, talent being the operative word there, and, and right. whether that's you know, unproven makes sense talent, or not. We yeah, yeah, unproven talent. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, at how r- people and how players are rostered and, and who gets actual minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, college players do not get a ton of minutes uh, coming straight out of college in MLS, which you know that's a whole again another a whole other argument and a whole other discussion that we could have about whether we should be playing young, like whether we should be forcing MLS teams to be playing more young talent or not and, and the for the league and all that. But 
it is. It's precisely that. I mean, that's what the draft was. Uh, you know, when MLB instituted it back mm. in the like whatever 1940s or whatever. Like before that, it was literally like if you came from a region, a just a team got to claim you, and you mm-hmm. were stuck playing for that fucking team. Right. That's what drafts are. It's it's they're they're uh, as capitalistic as you can possibly come, uh, and. With the way that MLS is structured, I don't foresee this draft going away anytime soon. Even though it probably should. Uh, I mean, to be to MLS's credit, um, they have allowed for homegrown players to be signed by the teams that like signed directly. That, but a team, a person, a player could be in the Minnesota Thunder Academy, right, and uh, go to college and get drafted by anybody else. Like the only time you can sign a homegrown player. Is if they're in your actual proper academy, which is why it's frustrating for some of us when we see that MLS, you know, that MLS and Minnesota United specifically, but MLS generally, is not forcing their teams to fully fund their academies to try and find the best players in the region yeah. to to get them into the pipeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how every other fucking soccer team in the world works. Right. Like, you find the best players, you get them into your system, mm-hmm. you bring them up through your system, and they, they come up to your first team, you know, and they get playing time when they're 18, 19, 20 years old as opposed to, you know, going to college and doing all that. And, you yeah. know, again, there's pluses and minuses to that, right? If I had a kid who was good enough to play soccer professionally, I would say, yeah, do that. You know, you can always you can always go back to college, right? Like it's not it's not hard to to go back to college, but anyways, it's uh I don't know that MLS could stand to to enforce that as this is our pipeline of talent and we want the tendrils to get out there and the teams are the best way to do that. But USSF really should be fucking focusing on that because that is their talent pipeline. Well, USSF has yes, exactly, and and that's I mean that's been a major. It's been a major uh, issue with the uh, presidential elections that are happening with USSF right now. It's that we don't have we don't have solidarity payments for so Minnesota United develops a player, and you know it's a kid in you know on the east side of St. Paul. Um, you know maybe he's a Hmong American kid or he's a Somali kid. Grows up, he's a kick-ass player. Mm-hmm. He goes to he gets sold to Arsenal or you, you know like there's no. Arsenal's like, you know what? I want we want that kid, right? Like all they have to do is wait until he gets to like 17 years old. And they can just offer that kind of contract, right? Like Minnesota United has no recourse in terms of like selling that kid, right? Yeah, you know, or transferring that kid yeah. or whatever. And, and we sure as hell put the money into finding him and developing him. And that's and that is and that's it's a big big issue with the USSF uh, uh, presidential race right now is that there is there is not there isn't that like what is you know why shouldn't Christian Pulisic's club in Hershey, Pennsylvania, be reaping the rewards every time Christian Pulisic signs a, you know, gets transferred or, or gets a, you know, gets a big contract. Like there should be, they should be rewarded for finding and developing a, a world-class talent, just like you know every other country in the world has. So, exactly. Anyways, we got off. We got a little bit off topic there. Oh, no, this is the topic, man. But I mean, could the draft be done away with? Yes, absolutely. From a fan um, and talent standpoint, yes. Yeah. From an economic standpoint, MLS probably still very interested yeah, probably in keeping not. it. Um, I mean, I, I don't imagine any way you could do it differently other than saying um, saying something like you're only drafting people who sign those Generation Adidas contracts, right? Or people who, you can only draft people who sign the Generation Adidas or MLS contracts after school, Uh and basically, you can just draft those till you're done, till everybody passes. Sure. 
Um, and then you 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 actually have to go out and, and and make offers to to players who don't, and which I think eventually would the best players would just be like, you know what, I'm gonna take a shot that I'll get a either I'll get a good contract in MLS or I'll get a a good offer somewhere else. So yep. I don't think you can reimagine it anyway, other than something that is gonna ultimately cripple what MLS is doing right, right now. Right. So. Well, let, let's talk about what we got. Sure. Does that sound all right? So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try – there's a lot of movement there. I'm going to try to focus less on the mechanisms, although I'll briefly recap them, and a little bit more on the players themselves. So um, we traded our fifth round uh, – our fifth round, fuck. All right, cut, edit. <laughs> we'll just throw this podcast away. Um, we traded our fifth pick overall to the fire for 175000 in various allocation monies. We got the fire's 15th overall pick, and we got goalkeeper Matt Lampson. So yeah. don't try to digest everything I just said. It's much better to read than it is to listen to. But, uh, you know, we got to – we got we, we, <laughs> excuse me, we, we traded off. One, one thing I'd point out is that actually we the, spent – this. Uh, I don't know if you were following, if people were following the 55-1 uh, Twitter feed at the time. This seemed to be in the works for a while before this, this the draft even Chicago? started. Yeah, um, and ultimately Minnesota United took their timeout in the draft. Again, peak MLS. There's fucking draft timeouts. Uh, and Minnesota took their timeout, and then Chicago took their timeout. So they they spent about 12, 12 minutes like hammering this thing out. Right, and that that took. A timeout from each of those two yeah, teams to they're, they're accomplish. Your, your only timeout of the draft, right, which right. you have fucking timeouts, whatever. Um, most of this, I mean, I think the, the 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 allocation money was basically pretty much split relatively evenly between Gam and Tam, and there's there's a difference between the Gam and Tam. Like I know we just sort of lump it all together, but Gam is a lot more uh, it's a lot more versatile than more the Tam. You yeah. can use it on yeah, anybody, more, really. More bang for your buck. So, yeah. what's um, – I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, I think this was this was a good trade, uh, yeah. especially in the context of what they did um, later on. I mean, when this trade happened, everybody was just like, what the fuck is going – like on Minnesota United Twitter, right. just what the fuck's going on? With the benefit of hindsight, this was an amazing trade, I think, yeah. for what Minnesota United did. Let's talk uh, a little bit about Matt Lampson, um, the, the player who was acquired yeah, in that yeah. trade. Uh, because he's an interesting, and I also saw a lot. Once Matt Lampson was announced, I saw a lot of people on on the uh, on Minis- on you know soccer Twitter, uh, Minnesota soccer Twitter, you know, losing their shit, basically like we don't need a goalkeeper. We got Bobby Shuttleworth. Well, to which I was just like, shut the fuck you, up. You only need sit one down. ever. Yeah, sit yeah. down, shut the fuck up. Bobby Shuttleworth played out of his goddamn mind last year. If you expect that this year, uh, I have a. Uh, I got a bridge over Franklin Avenue, uh, over 35W to sell you right now. <laughs> oh, God, that's hey, a that's a very hey, local can, joke for. Oh God, it's a, it's a dark <laughs> local joke. Can I can I really really quickly remind you that we are almost on like the first anniversary of us doing our second podcast where we talked about the. Um, Femi Hollinger Jansen for Bobby Shuttleworth <laughs> trade and how much shit we got for defense. How how genius does that move look like in hindsight? I know, People right? People said, "Oh, what the fuck are you thinking?" Oh my yeah. god! You uh, you you <laughs> stood on a hill, man. You were gonna die on that hill. Yeah, I was right. We're, yeah, I was just like, we're 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 very close to the, like our uh, our first ever podcast. Yeah, pretty close. Which yeah. is kind of the, amazing. What, like the thirtieth of January. I think or so. Yeah, I think it's oh. like I think it's like next week. So, uh, cheers to you, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Cheers. Um, it feels good to be right. You. 
to be fair, you were a lot more uh, gung ho on that trade than I was. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't fighting you on it, but you were definitely like, "Yes, this is a good trade. This is this a good is move. A, yeah. This is a good move." And uh, people were very much against that. So. Yeah, they were. So yeah, so anyway, why do we ta- why do you talk about La- Matt Lampson? <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Lampson was the starter for most of the year last year in Chicago. Um, he didn't play early on in the season. Then he became the full-time starter about a third of the way in. He played 24 games, started all of them. Um, he so he allowed 31 goals. That gives him, I guess, 1.29 goals per game, which is, which is not awful. Um, he played with a fairly good defense in front of him in Chicago. I mean, you'll remember that Chicago had. Uh, until the very end where they started to waver a little bit they had a very very good year they yeah. looked they looked every bit as competent as um as toronto did until probably the last month and a half and then toronto n- just fucking never stopped and chicago hit a bit of a lull which we began by the way the minnesota United yeah they give them their dealt them that road loss yeah the road and, loss yeah. but but matt lampson ha- had a good year now he's 28 years old if you want to call that the prime of his career or whatever um, well, he's a goalkeeper, so I mean, that's so, that's so basically he's, getting he's a third into of the way to the end of his career. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> he's like just ready to ready to start. You know, I mean, your your points here. He's you know he's definitely depth, right? And he's definitely going to challenge Bobby. Yeah. Um, you know, if Bobby does some of this crazy shit that Bobby did, where he just passes the ball straight to other defenders, like this is a guy. Who actually will step up and 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 can be a quality MLS starter? Now, Absolutely. quality MLS starters is it's kind of a pejorative, but you know whatever. Uh, well, if if Shuttleworth is injured last year, look at what was left on a roster yeah. and tell me quality MLS starter would be fucked. Exactly, there so, was there was none, and yeah. so you need you, you need three keepers uh, who can step up and play. Um, you know, maybe a game or two if they need to. Right. Um, and, and Bobby, I want to make this point real quickly. Bobby, last year, you could consider his last year a, a renaissance. Oh he God, yeah. He hadn't been in his hot of form as well. So who's, that was, to, who's to say he's going to sustain that hot form? Again, what if he sucks this year. That's the whole point. Is that 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 was probably Bobby Shuttleworth's one of his best years ever was last year. Oh yeah, it, and it, tough to say when and, you play and, on a and team that you, allows more are, goals and ever. If, and than if you are expecting the the same results from a guy who's, you know. About the same age, um, basically stood on his fucking head for most of the year. Still gave up, you know, the most goals ever. <laughs> um, and to be fair, like most of that was not on him, but there were some that were definitely on him. Like oh, yeah. his distribution of the ball was borderline terrible a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so if you you're bringing in a guy who's going to challenge him, who's going to make him maybe be a little smarter, that's that's a good fucking move. Yeah. That's, and and for. And for what? I mean, you know, uh, the fifth pick, and you got a bunch of money, which you know we saw that what they used later. So what's well, if we talk about like the subsequent moves yeah, that would so help us out? If, if this looked like a hell of a lot of money to get a fifteenth overall pick and to get Matt Lampson, what came? Well, we next? got a bunch of money in. I mean, it was it was a bunch of money move up, and considering what I can't remember what the uh, the fourth pick was also traded, and we got as much money for the fifth pick. Plus a player, as they did for the fourth pick. So that means that I mean that was Minnesota United doing good business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got value at, on draft that. day. Like we got yep. we got the same amount of money. I mean, I think we actually got more gam than the uh, than the, the fourth the the fourth overall pick, and we got a player. I mean, that's was, that, I think you know we 
I particularly rag on Manny and Amos a lot mm-hmm. um, in the front office. This doesn't uh, negate anything they've done. That's doesn't negative, negate anything they've done. But, but I, w- I, w- I will say, you know, when it's when it's you know when credit is due, this in this whole draft generally, but this particular move was a very very good move on shrewd, the front yeah. office's uh, front office's part. So right. So so we were just saying the the Chicago trade looks like hot fire when you find out what happens next you know 10 minutes later 12 minutes later um basically we traded for montreal's seventh overall pick so we gave up a fifth pick now we're trading up and getting a seventh overall pick we really just moved back two spaces mm-hmm. um we give them 150 000 in allocation money so we're up 25,000 still and we picked Mason Toy. So, yeah. again, the the net out, I know these aren't one move, and it's erroneous to think of them as one move, but it kind of feels like it. You know, it, it basically, for the price of moving back two steps in the draft order, we got 25K, Which, we got a Matt Lampson, the, and we got a, the 15th overall pick. The twi- and the, and the 25000 that we ended up sort of banking was actually GAM. Like, we didn't give up, right. you know, we didn't give up any GAM. We gave up a little more TAM. Than we had acquired in the uh, in the uh, Chicago Fire trade, but we actually we gained Gam again, which is you know more pliable. You can use that in more yeah. places. Uh, yeah, we got the yep. seventh pick, so we dropped back two spots, and we picked up the fifteenth yeah. pick. So would you? And, we, we, like, and we already had, and we already had, uh, we already had another pick in the in or the twenty fifth pick as well. Which right. We'll so if, if somebody walks up to us before the draft and says, "Hey, tell you what." If you move back two spots in the trade order, we'll give you 25,000 in GAM, we'll give you Matt Lampson, and we'll give you the 15th overall pick, which is still only just eight picks back from the pick you're going to get anyways. So this, Did you take that? Of course. So that, that was funny because uh, people were freaking out, and Jamie Watson on Twitter basically compared uh, – he made a draft day reference, that ca- cre- that shitty Kevin Costner movie about the Cleveland Browns. And I tweeted, I was, and I all caps, was like – Jamie Watson literally compared our team to the Cleveland Browns. It's kind of people were like, fine. "Holy shit!" This is again. This is all before we know that Matt Lamson is the player, right? So yeah, it's, it's still a player being named later. Point, we have yeah. no idea who this player is when this particular trade is made as well. well the, the team knew. They team just knew, wanted to let Matt Lampson yeah, know before I mean, they let they us know. They couldn't announce it. Yeah. But still, like people were still kind of losing their shit. But the 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 whole crux of this is that they got that seventh pick they took mason toy from indiana forward who a lot of minnesota united fans i mean obviously he's in the big 10 so if you are watching the big 10 network and you watch soccer at all you might see mason toy um he's a he's a big a big forward like he's a he's a project i think i think he but i you know he could potentially step in and and contribute uh for minnesota united on a sort of you know Game by game basis. I don't think he's going to be a. Can he step in and, you know, if Christian Miro's like Torres ACL tomorrow? No, he's not going to step in and be that guy. Right. But you know, I think he probably gets some season again in USL. Um, Hopefully. And you know, he's definitely, uh, uh, he's a project. Which again, we talked about, at the beginning of this podcast. Like, what are you doing with the draft? The, the draft is getting the best possible player, uh, that's available to you and. Hoping you can either turn him into something else, or you know he develops uh, into a into a, a really good player. So, for most people, most players had uh, most uh, mock drafts had Mason Toy going in the top like three right. of most of the mock drafts. So getting him at seven um, still a is, a, is a value for very us, good value. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Mason Toy. Um, Nineteen years old, youngest youngest guy in the draft actually. Generation Adidas dude. 
Um, he completed his freshman year at Indiana most recently. He was named the best 10, best 11. That's not what they call it, but that, I guess that's what I called it, and it sounds really good. The best yeah. 10, best 11. Yeah. Um, that's fucking – why don't they call it that? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, he's six foot three and he's 180 pounds. So he's a big guy, especially for a forward. If you want reference, Jovinko is five foot three. So enjoy that fact. I mean, Christian's Christian's what like five ten? Yeah, five ten. Five. We'd have five, to look it nine, up. Five nine, maybe he's, even. Christian. He's not much taller than you or I, man. That's, we're not. We're not tall. Believe. We're not tall dudes. A lot of, a lot of people are taller yeah. than me. Um, so, uh, so I'm not going to pretend to be a fucking, like, you know, I love people who read about this stuff and, and talk about it, write about it yeah. as if they just knew all these guys. I'm like, well, Mason toys. Look, I, don't, I didn't fucking know who the guy was before the draft happened. Okay. But, I had heard his name, but only, only because of this mock draft reading. And yeah. Stuff, mock draft right? reading. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and other, like, other soccer podcasts I listen to, you know, I talk about the MLS stuff. It's like, he was, he was a guy that was on radars of many teams. Right, Let's right. put it that way. And so. I'm not gonna, and I'm not going to pretend I know a ton about him, but what I did what yeah. stood out to me, I love this quote from uh, Minnesota United's announcement about the guy who said um, they asked if uh, he minded the cold weather and Toy said, "Nope, my assistant coach coach Robson calls cold weather run all day weather and I agree with him. It's going to make it a little easier on me because I'm used to it." Awesome. Right. Welcome to the fucking family. Here's Jerry Teeson. You guys are married now. <laughs> like You're, finally a, lo- a guy cold can fall all day in love weather with. for like three matches maybe so people make a big deal about that (laughs) okay this isn't europe we're not playing like for nine months out of the year in the fucking winter let's let's all calm down anyway so we got a forward out of that young generation adidas guy now we're taking a deep breath can i can i talk about what happened interject no forget my shortly after so (laughs) a lot of people speculated uh and uh, these again this is a lot of minneapolis city fans uh because two basically the next pick was uh, Brandon Bai, who played for Minneapolis City in, in Western Michigan, he played for Minneapolis City last year. Yep. He was here for doing an internship, and he wanted to play, you know, some amateur professional soccer. Yep. And so Minneapolis City was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, we'll take you." He, he was an amazing player. I mean, I go to most of the Minneapolis City games, home games at least. He's a great player. He was phenomenal. He had a stellar season with Western Michigan. He went really high for How cool for an NPL, NPSL North player yeah to I mean, go it's that w- high. one of the first ones um and so everybody was started speculating well maybe many maybe minnesota wanted brandon by and so they made this deal and and that th- and so there was like a whole bunch of theories about we we're getting lee win like we're trading madison toy and and a bunch of tam or gam get lee win and brandon by to come in of course you know now it's obviously you know uh what's his nuts the stupid ass bold Brad Friedel, <laughs> right? Um, it's like, oh yeah, Lee wins saying in, in New England, but there was rumblings that he wanted out of New England. So was, that was a whole, that was a whole speculation for like an hour. Like, oh yeah, no, you know, definitely Minnesota drafted Mason Toy so they could get Brandon By and Lee win from the New England Revolution, which of course right. wasn't true. Anyway, that was all fan fan yeah. fiction. Fan at fic, that point. Yeah. really good fanfic. I mean, I appreciated it. I thought that was. Would have been a really awesome trade yeah. for Minnesota, which I'm, I'm understands why uh, New England was like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, bye, bye, bye to Brandon. Bye. Uh, let's talk about what we got with the. You'll remember I said earlier we actually obtained the 15th overall pick from Chicago in that sweet ass move we made earlier. So now come the 15th pick, we grab uh, Wyatt Omsberg from Dartmouth. So uh, Wyatt Omsberg, people will be relieved to know, is a defender. Again, I'm not going to go back into the conversation about the starting value and fucking 
uh, kids out of college or whatever. But Wyatt Amsberg, he is a defender. He's six foot four, so he yeah. fills that Joe Greenspan fucking towering uh, gargoyle role pretty well. He's primarily a center back, which I think is great. I think that's one of our, our area other than left back, which is a weird place for me right now. Center back, I think. I mean, how comfortable do you feel with um, with what's his nuts, the New Zealander? Uh, help me out here. I know our players. I swear to God, who's the Cabo? No, no, Coleman? the other one. No, the other one. The New Zealander. Oh, Boxel. <laughs> yeah, Boxel. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember his fucking name. Um, I mean, so so he, he's ostensibly the starter right now. So so ha- having again depth at that role is fine. He's he was an Ivy League Defender of the Year in 2016 and 2017. Again, it's Ivy League. That's whatever. But he went to college where he went to college. Yeah. What the fuck can he do? So, uh, Almsberg, um was actually, again, you know, these are all mock drafts, but, you know, most of the mock drafts had Almsberg going um, top 10 at least, if not like top seven, top five. So, is there any theory as to why some of these guys dropped the way they did? I think, so what I think what happened, so they do the, if you're not familiar with the MLS USSF system, it's basically they have a, like the third week in January, they all get together for like five days. Uh, three of those days, there's like combines, and it's it's both men's and women's combines. They do like the women's draft. They did the women's draft on Thursday for for Woso. Um, they do the men's draft on women's Friday. Women's draft much more interesting to watch than the men's draft. Exactly. By the way. I, no, absolutely. Hundred percent. We'll believe it that. Absolutely until was. Um, but it's like, it, but it's it's not just MLS. It's like the, the whole USSF like gets together and does all their shit. So there's there's like coaching things. This year they obviously had all the all the different candidates like had like little forums that they were doing. So it's a whole it's a whole big ass thing that they just do together to save money. Uh, and this year there was in Philadelphia. Maybe you know if it, if it ever comes to Minnesota, we're definitely going. We're definitely oh, yeah. gonna scout the shit out of this thing. Oh yeah. And we're gonna do some like podcasts and shit. Um, hopefully, God willing, it comes to Minnesota once they get uh, Allianz open. Oh yeah. But uh, I, I you know I have to see if we can get some credentials for that. But, uh, so yeah, so it's all one big thing. And I think a lot of what happens is obviously, like, you know, these MLS teams have scouts. I'm, you know, I think it honestly, it kind of depends on how many scouts they have. So, like, how many scouts are going up to, to Dartmouth uh, to watch Wyatt Olmsberg? Right, right. You know, and, and, and how many scouts are going to Duke? It's, it's easy you know, to slip through the cracks. They're going to Indiana. Like, there, there's, yeah. yeah, there's so many, there's so many, you know, Division One college players and we're not even talking about like division three college players and stuff like that um so i think there's obviously like there's like the the players that are widely known as okay these are the best players in in the uh in the country and then they bring all these guys in and they do like you know scrimmages right so you get put onto a team uh with dudes you've never played with before Maybe playing in a position you've never played in before, right? So maybe right. maybe you're tip- you n- normally a right back, but you're playing uh, you're playing center back, uh, and you don't look as good because that's not your normal position, right? That's not where you would typically, you know, expect to play. The and mechanisms so here allow a lot of dudes different looks and allow the uh, uh, people to slip through the cracks, so, so you I, can find hidden value more easily maybe in MLS. So yeah, so I think anywhere. so I think what happens is that is that the teams put way more value on the scrimmages than they do on like the bo- like what have you done through the body of your career? Right, right. 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 So they say, well, oh, why don't you compare like, that? College you're on, a, you're on a team that's got 
three right backs. We're gonna we're gonna slot you into center back. Right, right. Because there's all these other right backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and good luck. And right. some teams are see. like, yeah. and then they're like, oh, you know, people who had White Almsberg as like a, a a top seven pick, they're like, eh, you're not as good as I thought you were. So we're gonna, we're, you know, you fall down the draft board, uh, or you fall in love with a player. That's probably what happens more often. Is that you just fall in love with a player. You fall in love with an attacker, um, or a wing, who does something. You know, has the has the the camp of their life, and, and has three set piece goals in three games. You're like, oh shit! If I can harness that, so I think ultimately, I think that is what happens more. It's, it's not that these players suck, and they're just like, oh wow, right, no. right. It's just that you, people teams fall in love with players because that's mm-hmm. where every. Every team has a scout at, during those games, it's right? It's a cool event, yeah. actually. Um, so I think that's probably what happens. Amosberg probably didn't have um, – and I, I don't remember hearing that he had like an amazing, stellar, standout uh, uh, training camp, and he probably just fell down. And, and, you know, luckily Minnesota was able to grab him. We, gotta, we, got some, we have a little more depth in our central defense, yep. which is great. Um, and I think actually – Speaking of that, we'll talk about the next guy they got. Um, I think what the the combine did, you know, t- anti for Amsberg did even better. Like did the opposite version for uh, Carter Manley. So right. why don't you talk about Carter Manley a little bit? Sure. So so Carter Manley, we were able to get at the twenty uh, third spot actually. So so we we trade up to the twenty third spot. That's the last pick of the first round. Um, basically, we pay fifty thousand in allocation money, and we give up a twenty-eighth spot, so we bump slightly. In my opinion, I'll be—I don't know if this is uh, uh, controversial or not. I think this is the worst bit of business we actually did. Not because I have a specific negative thing about Carter Manley, but basically, we moved up five spots for the price of fifty thousand in allocation money at the talent that you're usually getting at that level of this draft. And this was a weak draft, by the way. This is kind of a thin draft. Yeah. I just don't think that's worth 50000 Yeah. Uh, my opinion. But but apparently they just love this guy, uh, so they, they wanted him fine. Um, we get Carter Manley. Carter Manley's from Duke. He's a defender also. Maybe they just saw, again, more defending depth. Um, he actually trained with the Loons last summer, which I think, I think says more than anything else about the why they point. make the move. Yeah. But, I mean, they must have – look, if – if you liked him so much that you're willing to part ways with fifty thousand in allocation money just for the chance at him, just a few spots on the on the draft order, it seems weird to me they didn't take him when he was training with the team because it's not like we had all kinds of fucking well, options at defense at the time. They, they, to be fair, can you not nab him while no. they're calling? Okay, no. I mean, I guess he, I don't understand the rules. Yeah, okay. well, that's I mean, no one understands the MLS rules. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's still he's still technically. An amateur. Okay, um, okay. He can't sign a contract at that time. Unless he drops um, out of school, right? Well, I don't even know what the fucking rules are for that. Uh, okay. but, but yeah, they, basically, so they, they must have loved him and not had the opportunity. They couldn't for grab. Him. They okay. couldn't grab him at that time, right? So, because um, he's still technically in college, mm-hmm. I think is basically ultimately what the what the rule is. Right. Um, I agree with you. Like the amount of money they spent, so the fifty thousand dollars is a is a lot to move up five spots. My guess is that. They had they heard rumblings that another team was interested in him in one of those couldn't part in one of those first five picks okay. in the uh, or one of those first four picks in the second round and they just they highly valued him. Uh, one of the other things you know, Alex Schieferdecker from Fifty Five One was actually at some of the combine stuff. And he's, he's Philadelphia based, right? Yeah, now. he's Philadelphia based, so he you know it was easy for him to be there. Um, love you, Schief. Uh, and he watched he watched. I mean, he wasn't watching Carter Manley specifically, but some of the better, 
like forwards and wingers that were in the draft, Manly shut down. Uh, and I think, so I, I think, number one, in terms of what the team saw with him last summer when he when he sort of trained with him for like a week, just his, his go-gettedness, his, uh, his intensity, um, his leadership, I think, is I think what uh, what uh, Sheaf was saying on the Fifty Five One podcast uh, last week. That they they're like, this is a guy that you know they know that they can they can do some work with, and um, I think he said even that you know Carter Manley and, and Almsberg are probably more likely to make you know first team debuts this year before you know Madison Toy or Mason Toy um, in terms of like you know what they can do, and, and also you know we have. To, Rotate defenders and all that, all that fun stuff. So, well, and, and um, again, that says as much about our current team as it does about the quality of the players. But um, yeah, that's cool. The thing that stood out to me about him, and I know we've already talked about the relative value of comparing him to his college competition versus the eye test and actually running him through scrimmages and stuff. Uh, his career highlights on MLSsoccer.com are listed as thus: he had one stint on the uh, USC Conference second team, and three appearances on the honor roll. Cool. Like that's literally what it says on the website. He's on the honor roll three times, which I'm glad he's a smart guy. He's a he's a political science major, and I hope he's I hope Good. he brings that Jeremy Ebobise fucking brilliance to the whatever. But uh, I don't know. That doesn't say a lot about his soccer career either. No, so, well. I mean, you know, it, was it a reach? Probably. Um, but you never know. I mean, the it's it's very possible that Manny and Amos had had information that we don't that someone oh, imagine was going to yeah, grab him yeah was going to grab him and they and they really really wanted him so yeah, you know we'll, we'll see if he pans off my my he he looks from broadcast distance he looks exactly like ish jome and I that's going to give me fucking nightmares he's got a kick-ass name i mean carter manley if you're gonna have a if it's you're gonna a have a name you have a name it's way better than ish yeah ish. yeah i saw ish uh Picked gonna, up with the Red Bulls. trial with the Red Bulls. Yeah, he, didn't so. get, he didn't get picked up. Trial. He's, he's on trial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he should be put on trial for what he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! But yeah, man, if you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a guy like fucking Carter Manley, that's a that's a that's a that's, that's, that's a, a badass name. name so yeah, yeah. You know, I, th- I, th- I think Mason Toy is a good name. Mason Toy is a good fucking name too. Fucking Toy with yeah. somebody. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. we we. We got a fucking good hall of names. <laughs> I think if, if nothing let's, else, we let's got talk some about good the names. next one then, because that's this is also a very good name. I think it's good. It's it's a strong name. It's yeah. not like it's not gimmicky, but it's strong, right? Yeah. So with the forty-first pick, a pick we just naturally had, <laughs> we didn't do any bullshit to get it. Uh, we nope. have Xavier Gomez. He doesn't go by like Xavier or some shit, does he? Nope. Just Xavier Gomez. Like Xavier. Strong name. He sounds like he should be playing in Europe. Um, he's a midfielder. He's playing for Nebraska and Omaha. Uh, he led the Summit Conference uh, in assists with eight last year. Again, what does that mean in terms of MLS uh, ability? I have no fucking clue, but uh, it's better than not leading the Summit with uh, eight assists. Um, the Loons have scrimmaged a few times with Nebraska-Omaha, so it's likely they've seen the dude, know a little bit about him, have been kind of scouting him through that. And, you know, he falls to you in the second round. Yeah, sure, take somebody who's a known I don't think Xavier Gomez is from Nebraska-Omaha. According to oh yeah yeah no wait, sorry he's not according not a to guy. the facts yeah, yes he's, he a, is. he's a Nebraska Omaha guy yeah, um so. yeah he's a again you're right like that's precisely the point I think they they've scrimmaged the guy they they've seen what he can do um you know was this is this guy likely to sign a contract with Minnesota United probably not I mean maybe he does and maybe he gets shipped off to Pittsburgh or some other or St Louis or some USL uh, affiliate. Um, or you know, a place to get some playing time. 
it would be unacceptable to me to have St. Louis as like a USL affiliate or something, specifically because of the announcers who called that US Open Cup game like three years ago. Those dudes were the biggest douchebags. <laughs> well, if you get some time, I don't want to have whatever. to side with those guys in any some. You don't. Any you way. don't ever have to watch them. I guess if you don't want don't to. Know. It's literally. Well, if I want, if I want to see our uh, Xavier Gomez, maybe, maybe, we'll see. Um, he's. I mean, again, it's more depth. It's it's another player that you know. If he can stick, great. If not, again, we talk about the draft. Like after the first, you know, like twenty picks. How many MLS draft right. players stick for you know, more than two years? Like right. it's, it's your sixth round it's Tom Brady zero. picks. It's yeah, not, it's not happening it's in MLS. In 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 yeah, especially in professional soccer, you're not getting the Tom Brady esque sort of or Albert Pujols like twenty second round. You know, Mike Piazza is like wild is that by the drafted. Way? You know because your your dad was friends with Tommy Lasorda. Like yeah, this <laughs> doesn't happen in in MLS, and that's and that's what people. I guess tends to forget with the draft, and so I mean I don't know. Ultimately, I think you know, we, let's jump into our some of our reactions. Yeah, um, sum it up. I mean, I thought all things considered, we left the draft with five players, um, three of which I think will easily be on the team next year. Um, one who's you know maybe has a shot, um, might shuttle back and forth between USL and MLS, and then Xavier Gomez who. Who the you know who the fuck knows? Maybe the guy comes in and just blows everybody away, um, and that we keep him, that we you know, we put him on a USL roster. But do we get starters? No. I mean, does in this team need starters? So you got to think about like, for me, ultimately the draft is not about. It's about the future. Um, it's about what we're bringing in, and how we're going to develop that talent. And if we have the resources to develop that talent and I'm a little I'm a little leery of that just based on what we've done in the past and what we continue to do but we definitely brought in talent that yeah, yeah. has potential and do we get any starters out of this I mean maybe Lampson Prob- you know pro- I mean more, I, it, more it, likely it, in defense it wouldn't surprise things. me yeah more likely in defense it wouldn't surprise me if Lampson gets um, you know 10 or so starts next year. It would not surprise me at all if Lampson has 10 starts next year. He might year. not be the opening day starter, he opening day starter but he'll but find his way on yeah, the field. And yeah. I mean, could we see Olmsberg and, and Manley um, getting runouts, uh, you know, on a, at a fullback or in, in a center back position? Absolutely. I could definitely see that. Might have did to, we, yeah. Did we solve the problems that we have? We solved one problem in that we got another goalkeeper, so we have at least three goalkeepers and we have yeah. some competition. Yeah. We did solve a problem with this draft. Um all the other problems that we have, we did not solve whatsoever. No. We we got a little more depth, um, but again, unproven depth, right? Yep. So it's it's we have a a lot of a lot of uh, un yeah. We we need we need more starters. We need better starters yep. than what we have right now for basically nine of our eleven positions. Yeah. So yeah. ultimately, I think, and I talked about this at the sort of the top of the podcast, watching this team wheel and deal. Um, they were competent. They did. They they got value. They did well. Yeah. I think we criticized those front office dudes for not even seeming to know what the fuck was yeah. going on. All things and considered, maybe that's still true. But I don't know. On the day, they got they in, got a couple of points. In this back. particular circumstance, all things considered, they did. I think as best as they could possibly do. Yep. Now, again, that's this is just one day. It's one thing that, to be quite frank, 
probably at least half the teams don't really even care about, right? They're not signing. Yeah. They're maybe not, signing their first round pick. It's not where Toronto is getting their. Pick but they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not developing their talent here. So if this is where you want to develop your talent, you can't. You can't fail mm. at a, you know, more than a twenty-five percent clip. You need. You need to win on three fourths of these of these players that you're picking. So if this is what they're banking on, well, we'll see. Yeah. All right, what are your, what are your and, and, thoughts? Yeah. Well, my and my summary thoughts are that I'm afraid that might be what they're banking on. Um, you know, I, I try to stay plugged into the rumor pipeline and stuff through connections with 55.1 and, and direct connections with other people. I don't think there's a lot of irons in the fire right now, to be honest with you. I, I, I just don't. Um, they could surprise us, but I don't think it's just that they're just trying to iron out the deals with a uh, – I'm not even talking about a Lee, Lee win. I'm talking about – um, you know, just just a competent, maybe top half of the quality at MLS dude that they're going to pay. An Ethan Finley. Ethan Finley is, I think, a great archetype of the kind of player that they could bring in at a relative value that wouldn't break this team's obviously modest budget, or at least what they have allowed to be their budget. And I don't think those irons are in the fire right now. And so I, I think they did as well as anybody could do in the draft. And I also think that there's way too many eggs in the basket of these draft players not turning into some kind of long-term value or turning into trade bait value, but turning into day one players. That scares the living shit out of me. Dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. You know, said Again, like, do I – I don't expect any of these guys these guys to be in the, in the, in the 18 – I mean, obviously, maybe Lamson. Lamson would be the only one who'd be in the 18. But you know, when when I, like the so let's say let's set the over under. So the over under on one of the players acquired today, starting, getting a, a starting spot. Yeah, are you talking about like a day one starter? Or are you talking about being what we could consider a regular? No, no, no I'm, I'm saying starter? getting getting a start. Getting what do you, a what, start. What what day do you think is the over under for one of these players acquired? Uh, in like on Friday, the five players that we acquired on Friday, who gets the first start, and when does it happen? I would argue that the over under for this is probably like April twenty second. It's it's tough to say. I mean, if you're and, and if you're asking me, probably going to be Matt Lampson. If you're asking me to assume that there's no injuries in this scenario, you know, because obviously, well, no, I mean, can maybe happen. the injuries happen, so their injuries are a potential. Like, okay. who do you think? Who do I you think, think is the first person we'll, to get a start? And, we'll and more when likely, does it happen? We'll be more likely to see Wyatt Omsberg come in as a central defender, simply because unless we add something else, I think we're pretty thin at central defender. I could see that being a, a an easy rotation change. Uh, obviously, a quick reaction to injury because we're just very thin at quality central defenders. It's going to depend on what he shows All right, uh, so in, in training and stuff. So, if you're asking me to give you a date, and end of March. Okay, that's that's where the over under is. Now, if you're asking me that's, where I think that'll fall earlier or later, I think earlier. That's, I think we'll that's see four him games a, in. Yeah, I think we'll see okay. him get a start in March. I, that would be. I would, I'm great. I, would, I hope you're. I hope you're right because. I don't think it's necessarily because he's going to be an amazing player, though. I hope he is. I hope oh, he's. I, I hope he's fucking Jovinko. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I think it's going to be because that's where our defense is at. Dude, I, dude, I, I totally get. It. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. Just, yeah. No, I, I totally. I understand exactly what you're saying. I'm, I'm not. You know. So, Sorry. um. Okay, that is. 
pretty much it for our draft reaction. For our stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah, let's, is there anything else? Uh, no, no. Let's sum this up. Talk about our Surly thing. We'll answer the very oh, few yeah, questions Oh, yeah. So, Sunday, got. February 18th, uh, Surly... Uh, and the team and the Dark Clouds and t and &E and Red Loons, the supporters group basically, uh, we're all teaming together for an event uh, on the 18th. It's a, uh, there'll be basically, we conceived of this thing as a chance to people to come to the brewery, pick up their scarf and their member packet. If you're a Dark Cloud, t and &E, Red Loon member, you know, a supporter, you bought season tickets or you bought a, a membership. You can come to the brewery, you can get a beer, uh, you can pick up your scarf and all that so that we don't have to stand at that top of the fucking section next year and hand out scarves in, you know, on St. Paddy's Day because no one wants to do that. So we're trying to get rid of all the scarves, or as many of the scarves as possible on that day. So please come on the 18th. Uh, Surly was like, well, let's, let's like make it a, a, a fun thing and we'll do some stuff. So they are hosting a, uh, a boot hockey tournament um, or not boot hockey, but a boot soccer tournament. A boot hockey. Uh, sorry, yeah. Boot ass, hockey. Yeah. Boot soccer. Um, there are already 10 teams signed up for this thing. The, Dave's I Know has a team. We're getting signed up, yep. So if you're interested in playing on the Dave's I Know team, you should definitely uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter or email. Probably Twitter because I don't normally check the email. <laughs> Um, There's probably like a thousand emails in there, like we'd yeah, love to sponsor your podcast. Yeah, Here's fifty thousand. Exactly. We don't so fucking yeah. know. <laughs> hit us, hit us up. Uh, it's Sunday, February eighteenth. Uh, it's a it's a boot soccer tournament, so no cleats, uh, just your winter boots. There'll be a soccer. Uh, Surly's doing this really cool thing where they're setting up some fields. I think they're actually, you know, we're gonna see what happens, but they might actually make this more of a regular thing where they'll they'll do some like. Uh, Start a night, night before matches with with supporters groups and stuff yeah. like that. Um, it should be really fun, like a sort of like a futsal kind of court. But obviously, it'll be you know snow everywhere, so we'll be using boots. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in that, uh, let either myself or Martin know. You can find me uh, at Texas Zeller. Uh, Martin's obviously at offensive underscore loons. Uh, hit us up at tdikmn. Uh, Dave's I know mn at gmail .com. Uh, all the fun stuff. Please rate and like our podcast if you are into that sort of shit. We're into that sort of shit. Uh, and I think uh, it was. Oh, sorry. What was the question? You had. A, oh, we had one question. We had one question. We had sorry. one viewer question. Not viewer. You know. Yeah. One reader question. Reader. Uh, and that was from Bridget, who's a, <laughs> a Dave's I know fucking team member. So whatever. It doesn't even count. She had basically a two-parter. Who do you see getting minutes in preseason? And who do you see warming JD and Kavanegas' spots on the bench? So, those are those are two. So the first question, the first question is is almost like a, a trick question. Everybody gets time in the preseason. Yes. So everyone will get time. Yes. As for the second one, um, my biggest concerns were when we talk about bench is who's backing up the fullback positions. Um, so, and I don't even have a very very good Carter answer Manley. for that. Car Carter Manley, I guess at one of them. Because I honestly, unless we start signing some fucking dudes, he can't go to a USL team. We need living bodies on the team. Who is at the other fullback spot? I have no idea. I don't think they've. I don't. I don't think they've brought that person in yet. Honestly, maybe they saw something out of uh, Wyatt Omsberg or something. They're like, "You look like you can play a, play a, a hell of an outside back." I doubt it because the dude's fairly tall and he's not he's not really a fullback build yeah. and, although he's very fast yeah apparently even though he's very very tall he's also very fast yeah. so maybe he's got that ability i have no idea maybe we don't have a backup fullback <sighs> of any i don't know except for 
Calvo. So maybe Calvo's a left back, and then Birch is actually the backup there. And now who's filling in the voids? It'd be basically Boxall and Coleman. I mean, at center back. So, so here's the yeah. Here's the other thing is like we have so many fucking wingers. Um, Could what we if, play a wing back? What if we yeah? What if what if Calvo is a, is a, is a left wing back? Uh, Tiaison's a right wing back. What if it's a three five two? What if it's Holy what if shit. it's a, what if it's a three five it two? <laughs> Dude, secretly it almost have to be with the players we have. Holy shit! With the current, I mean, I, it'd be fun to look at the actual current players on the goddamn roster and what feasibly we could play. Right. I honestly think a three five two is the only fucking option. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 a thought experiment, okay? So the three in the back, Tyson. Calvo on the so, left, no, so maybe a Coleman in the so center. So I, I got, we got, uh, in that, actually, I, I would say probably, like, Olmsberg. As the center. Coleman uh, and Boxall. You have Calvo and Tiason on the wings. I'm, I'm thinking more of, like, a 5-3-2. But, like, oh, Calvo okay. and Tiason are going to be the ones, you know, they're going to be the ones who are, who are making those runs. Okay, well, I, well, I was thinking about a 3-5-2. Yeah. I was thinking about a 3-5-2 where you put Tiason and Calvo on the outside Omsberg or Coleman at the at the lone center back, and then you're actually utilizing those wingers. You've got Molina way out right. You've got pick your left winger on the left. You've got Finley a little bit more inside uh, on the right. You've got probably Ibsen playing on the left, and then you've got more of a central defender um, type of uh, 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 Sam Cronin type playing more in the center. Okay. I mean, you, you fucking sly smile. Like, I just said the <laughs> stupidest thing you've ever heard. Look, click. Clearly, we are not uh, picking the kind of players you need to run shit like a four-four-two effectively or whatever. Oh God, we just no. do not like, have we, it. We do not. Yeah. So it's only a thought experiment. I'm just trying no, to think: what do we have, and how would it work? <sighs> Through the love of Jesus Christ, probably it would take some prayer to make this season a memorable one. I mean, considering what we have, uh, it's I w- would be hard pressed to see us giving up less goals than we gave up last year. <laughs> God in heaven. So, That's not good. Uh, yeah, so we gave up the most goals ever in MLS history last year. Um, I don't understand or see how we don't top that this year with with our, our acquisitions. Oh, so. God. Can, uh. we, can we end this? Yeah, godforsaken thing. We, we, you know, we had a great uh, conversation and ended yeah. it so sad. So again, TDIKMN on Twitter, uh, Texas Eller for me, offensive underscore loons for Martin. Uh, hit us up, give us your five stars on all your fun, fantastic podcast apps, and uh, I guess I guess we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Hey, we are the Daves. You know, this is the Daves I know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.